Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our crucified, risen, and ascended Lord, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is the Gospel lesson, Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. We read these words again in Jesus' name. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, This is what is written, and so it must be. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I am sending you what my Father promised, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He led them out as far as the vicinity of Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple courts, praising and blessing God. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, the Nova Nordisk Foundation is the largest foundation in the world. It currently is worth about $73 billion. It was established in the 1920s as a result of three men getting the right to produce insulin for the Nordic nations. Those three men agreed that the profits from the sale of their insulin should not be used for profits, but go to further medical research and humanitarian aid. So they established what became in 1989 the, Nordi uh, sorry, the Nova Nordisk Foundation. In 2019, that foundation gave out $1.29 billion for medical research and other things that it deemed worthy. $1.29 billion. Now, it's not really this foundation that I want to focus on this morning, but why people set up a foundation. And you maybe have yours, maybe in the ELS and Wells, we think of the Schwann Foundation or the Antioch Foundation. Why does anyone establish a foundation? Usually, it's they want to give a gift that will have a lasting benefit. That throughout the years, the decades, the centuries into the future, that foundation will continue to support causes that the founder deems valuable, even necessary. So foundations are established to give continued 
blessings. What a foundation Jesus has established for us. He has won for us the forgiveness of our sins. The work of salvation is complete. He is now ascended into heaven and reigns all things for the good of his church. And he blesses his work among us. Jesus continues to bless us. First of all, his work of salvation is complete. Luke, in our text, really takes us back to that first Easter evening and in a very succinct way covers the events of the 40 days from Jesus' resurrection to his ascension. In the uh, first lesson from Acts 1, we see a few more details. And Luke specifically says there that Jesus gave many convincing proofs. Many convincing proofs that he was alive. If we read earlier in Luke chapter 24, it said that Jesus took broiled fish and ate it. He didn't need that sustenance. What he was doing was showing his disciples that his resurrection wasn't just a spiritual one. It wasn't even just a figment of the disciples' imagination. It was real. The same body that laid cold in the grave was alive again. He told them to touch him and see. They heard him speak. They saw him eat. Eating isn't something that a ghost can do. So Jesus gave many convincing proofs throughout that 40 days that he was alive. And Jesus reminded the disciples that it had to be this way. That just as it was written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, he had to die and on the third day rise to life. Jesus' resurrection is extremely important to the Christian faith. And, and sometimes we'll, we'll point to it as the event upon which hit, uh, Christianity rests. You take away the resurrection of Jesus and the faith of Christianity just crumbles. And that is true. But here in our text, the resurrection of Jesus is held up as the sign that his work is complete. Jesus' resurrection shows us that everything that the Father had asked him to do, he had now done. His work was complete. Over the last week or so, Katie and I have been doing a lot of landscaping in our front yard. And we've been taking wheelbarrows of dirt from the backyard and putting it in the front, doing the grading. And as you're changing it, you can see, ah, oh, I need another wheelbarrow here and so forth. But when you get done and that last wheelbarrow is in place, you step back and you think, oh, I don't have to do anything else. 
the work is, is done. And Jesus' resurrection is the last wheelbarrow going in. And now he steps back and it's all complete. It's just as he cried out on the cross, it is finished. And when God raised him from the dead, it was God's sign to humanity that Jesus' work is complete. So what is the fruit of that work? Sometimes we can speak of Jesus getting us to heaven. And it's, it's almost like we're viewing the work of salvation as a change in location. It's like Jesus is our Uber to get us to heaven. Okay, we're stuck here on earth. We need to get up there. But here in our text, where Jesus says repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, that's really getting to the heart of the fruit of Jesus' work. Jesus didn't come to get good people to heaven. Jesus came to rescue sinners, to get sinners to heaven. That's not a change in location. That's a change in spiritual status. And so at the heart and center of Jesus' work is the forgiveness of sins. That's what Jesus came to earn for you and for all. That's what he was doing when he was living, dying, and rising again. He was bearing the world's sins, your sins and mine and everyone's sins, living a perfect life in our place, dying the death that our sins demand, and rising triumphant from the grave. When God raised Jesus, he was declaring the world's sins forgiven. Christ is risen, and therefore that means that your sins are forgiven. Jesus' work of salvation for you, the individual sins that you have, is complete. And he can step back and say, it is finished. So Jesus came to rescue sinners and win for them the forgiveness of sins. So that begs the question, who do you see yourself as? Do you see yourself as a pretty good person that just needs a little nudge, a little help to get you to heaven? Or do you see yourself as a sinner through and through? One totally corrupted, by the fall into sin, totally corrupted by the sinful nature we inherited from Adam. Someone without hope of saving themselves. Someone with no hope of ever being in heaven by their own works. If you see yourself as that type of person, 
Jesus says, forgiveness of sins is preached to you. All of your sins, as, as great as they may be, both in number and in evil, are all forgiven. Christ is risen. And that means he has saved you. He has won for you forgiveness so you can be with him in heaven one day. So Jesus' work of salvation is complete. And now he's ascended into heaven. I know that many Christians, I can say myself included, have wondered about the ascension of Jesus and thought, well, wouldn't it have been better if Jesus had have stayed here? Couldn't have he continued to show himself to people, proving that he's alive, teaching us and, and performing miracles? Surely it would be better that Jesus was still here visible on earth. Well, we need to be careful, first of all, that we aren't trying to get God to justify his actions to us. But we also can be guided by what Jesus himself said. In John chapter 16, he said, Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is good for you that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus had told the disciples in our text to stay in Jerusalem until they're clothed with power from on high. In Acts, we, we read that that's the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said, hey, it's good for me now that I've, good for you, sorry, now that I've completed the work of salvation for me to go away, to ascend into heaven. Because when I ascend, I'm going to send the Spirit to you. But there's a, another aspect, not just the coming of the Spirit. There's another aspect to Jesus ascending into heaven. And it's illustrated for us in Revelation chapter 5. And I know I don't normally do this, but I'm going to read a, a long section from Revelation 5 for you to consider. So in verse 1 it says, And I saw a scroll in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, with writing on the front and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll by breaking its seals? No one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I, that would be John, began to weep bitterly because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping, look! The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And I saw a lamb standing in the center near the throne, surrounded by the four living creatures and the 24 elders. The lamb seemed to have been slain, and he had seven horns and seven eyes, these are the seven spirits of God that have been sent into the, all the world. The Lamb came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. 
And when the Lamb took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders bowed down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and gold bowls full of incense. These are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and you brought us for God with your blood out of every tribe, language, people, and nation. This section from Revelation is a picture of Jesus' ascension into heaven. That scroll with the writing on, on both sides is an illustration of the future of the church you could say in general of world history. And the lamb that was slain was able to take that scroll and open it to reveal the future, especially of the church. By taking that scroll, Jesus was visibly demonstrating. He, by the way, is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb. That he now has the power to control the fate of the church. But as we think about that, we need to make it personal. Your name is written on that scroll. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he went there to exercise his power to control all things, to rule all things for the good of his church, for your good. He was taking control of your destiny and assuring that he could do everything necessary so that you would make it safely to heaven. He is now working all things for your good. He is watching everything and with you every day until you're finally with him, safe and sound in heaven. It is good for you that Jesus has ascended into heaven. It is good for you that he is now reigning there for your benefit. So yes, we may not see him visibly, but we have something much greater. We have his power working for our good. And so he continues to bless us. He even blesses the work that he does among us. You'll notice that Jesus said to his disciples, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the world beginning in Jerusalem. It's obvious that Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be doing that preaching. He was going to be ascending. He knew the disciples would be carrying on that work. He blessed that work so that many believe their message that Christ was crucified and rose again. You're probably aware that the disciples are long dead. But the work of preaching the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name continues today. 
that preaching has been blessed in your life because someone brought you the message of forgiveness. Maybe it was your parents that brought you to the baptismal font. Maybe it was a family member or friend who, who taught you about Jesus, told you that he had lived, died, and risen again for the forgiveness of your sins. But regardless, however it happened, if you believe, then God has blessed you. He is continuing to bless the preaching of the forgiveness of sins. That work still continues today. There are many in our world who do not know Jesus. There are many who are burdened with their guilt and despairing, who do not know that He has won them the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is not here visibly, His disciples are now in heaven. The work remains with you and me. No one else is going to teach them about Jesus. No one else is going to show them the great love that he has for sinners. That work is yours and mine. And God promises to bless us. It's an amazing thing that God promises to use the words of your mouth as you share God's word to create faith in people's hearts, to share with them the love of God. So may God continue to bless his work among us so that we continue to believe but so that others too can rejoice with us. That Jesus lived, died, rose again, and has now ascended into heaven. May God continue to bless us until we are finally there with him. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the offertory verse.
Please remain standing as our offerings are brought forward to the Lord. We give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. May we thy bounties thus as stewards to receive, and gladly as thou blessest us to thee our first fruits give. We continue with the prayer of the church. Blessed Jesus, you ascended to the right hand of your Father's majesty, power, and glory, and now reign as eternal King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise you O ascended prophet, equip your church to proclaim the precious gospel message of God's love for all the world. Give courage to our hearts, power to our words, and success to our lives. O ascended high priest, represent us before the Father as his own dear children and heirs. Defend us against Satan's every accusation. Ask for the Father's rich blessings in our everyday lives. O ascended King, direct the affairs of governments and nations that they may serve the best interest of your church. Dear Lord, we come before you once again on behalf of Gavin Shook. We thank you for your gracious care in bringing him safely through brain surgery this past week. We ask that you continue to bless his chemotherapy treatments, strengthen the faith of Gavin and his family, and may their trust ever be in you. We also come before you, Lord, in thanksgiving for watching over the members of our congregation during this pandemic that has plagued our world. Cover those who have experienced hardship and loss. If it is your will, cause its effects to continue to be dis diminished. As the disciples lifted their eyes to watch your ascension, so lift our eyes daily to look for your coming again in glory. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Your word as becomes it 
may not be bound, but have free course and be preached to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, that in steadfast faith we may serve you and in the confession of your name abide unto the end. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. You may be seated for our closing hymn. We sing hymn number 392 on Christ's ascension. I know Bill.
Also note that we are introducing our re-engage uh, family VBS series that will take place this summer on June 17th, July 22nd, and August 19th. You can see more information in the bulletin. At this time, we'd like to show you a little bit of a video of our preschool children singing. Uh, we had desired for them to sing in our service, but it, it just didn't work out with all of the precautionary measures that were in place at the time. Uh, so we put together this little video for you to watch and, and enjoy.
Lord's richest blessings to each and every one of you.